Welcome to the Fresh Football Cast. My name is Kyle Floyd, and we are just too strong today. Uh, just myself and Justin Urena, and we are looking forward to uh, bringing you just one show this week. We're going to combine the weekly review show with our uh, Wagermeister prediction picks. Uh, Justin, I'll, I'll introduce you first. How are you doing today? Good, Kyle. Uh, it's you know another pretty fascinating weekend in the in the Premier League. Just storylines abound, and and this season just keeps feeding them to us left and right. I, they certainly do, and and uh, especially after a long international break, this weekend was was uh, much looked forward to, and uh, there were some some action uh, a, pl- a plenty this weekend. And there's no other place to start than Leicester Leicester City, the league leaders, and. Uh, they have become the one nil specialists, if I do say so myself, and uh, getting another one nil win against a fairly strong Southampton side. Um, although they've had t- they've had their their downs this season, but but Ronald Koeman is adamant about finishing in in those Europa League spots, and he's trying his hardest right now to to eke in there. But uh, just a just a place off right now. But Justin, uh, I, you haven't been convinced by Leicester City in the past, uh, considering their last few wins. And I and I have to agree, but uh, if I'm being honest, I thought that this was a much more convincing victory. Uh, how did you feel about it overall? It's it's really difficult for me because I I do admire the way Lester play, and and I'll have something coming on on them for uh, a blog post soon. That it's really all about the back four for me, and and Conte has been fantastic, and we've highlighted him over and over again, but. I think it's time to focus on Wes Morgan and, and Robert Huth. Uh, combined, those two on their own had 19 clearances on Sunday, which, I mean, Leicester are as basic as it gets. We see all these teams that want to just play out of the back and you know string 10 passes together before they cross midfield. But for Leicester, it's, uh, if you're under pressure, just, just get it out of there. And it works wonders. And... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, I, I do like the word basic in a way, but at times Leicester play a really attractive style of football. And and uh, one uh, instance in this game that came to mind was uh, just a, a, a long through ball from, from Danny Simpson, which does uh, in turn become basic. But, I mean, the quality, I mean, Marez's touch, I mean, they, they have talent. It's not... You know, and we've seen at times this season where they do string together about six or seven passes in a matter of seconds. But for them, it's it's just whatever feels right and works. You know, at any given opportunity, and and that's the thing about Leicester. I think that they just they go right for it. You know, they give it all. Is that is that kind of sum them up really? Well, I completely agree with the they people get too caught up in you know long ball has to be simple and. It's it's archaic and and I disagree because you know there's there are times like you said where where Lester will play a a longer ball out of the back but then it's one touch you know four or five passes and all of a sudden they're they're twenty five yards from the opposition's net and you know Renieri just just has this team as well drilled as any that I've seen in in quite some time. Certainly, and uh, I, I would like to single out who, in my opinion, was one of the the men of the match. It's hard to choose just one for Leicester each week, but I thought that Danny Simpson was outstanding in this one. Uh, for a fullback, I can't even count the number of times that he was winning headers in the box, and, and I re- recall one uh, goal-saving 
clearance, uh, just sneaking in front of Pella, I believe. Uh, and, you know, he really, really, especially, you know, when they get towards the end of the game, they do kind of bunker down as they sub Okazaki and Mares off and kind of get rid of that that work rate and, and uh, you know, that, that engine going forward and, and kind of sit back a bit. And, and he really helped solidify their 1-0 win. And, uh, I mean, equally as impressive as the wins is the number of clean sheets they've been getting lately. And for me, there's just not a weak link on this team. Uh, last thing I want to leave off with, well, at least with Lester, is, uh, Justin, do you see, I mean, we're coming towards the end of the season here, and I can't remember the last time Ranieri put out a different starting eleven. Uh, do you see, I mean, with just this competition left, do you see any fatigue starting to creep in uh, and maybe the results start to slip? Or do you think that they have the legs to to make it all the way? Well, they they certainly don't seem to show it, do they? Um, and unlikely to have, I, I don't know if they have any midweek fixtures left. Uh, I wouldn't think they would. Uh, they might have one if, if everybody has one, but I don't see any reason to change it. Um uh, like I said, the the drill in this team to to do the right thing nearly every time is is outstanding, and you see it in the back line how narrow they get when when they're defending, and then everybody spreads out for the attack. And I think you know for Southampton, we haven't mentioned much of them, and that's because they didn't really offer a whole lot. I think they played right into Leicester's hands, uh, not having a true number ten, and you know, just hoofing in 45 crosses or whatever the number was that I saw. Uh, that's what Lester wants. And as long as they don't have any injuries, I think uh, Ranieri is just going to roll with this same 11 for the rest of the season. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's interesting you point out the crosses and, and how that's what Lester wants. And uh, you'd have to say that with Pella in there, that's probably what Southampton would like as well. Uh, but you're, you said it earlier, uh, Wes Morgan and Robert Huth have just been absolute boulders in, in the middle of the defense and have really dealt well with some of these big physical strikers they come up against in the Premier League. Uh, I think Sadio Mane will be a little upset. He had a chance to, to pull one back for Southampton, having rounded the keeper, but my man Danny Simpson came through and was able to pull it off or pull the clearance off and saved his team and saved his team three points. So uh, Leicester City go uh, to 69 points, and with the result of our next match on the on the table here, Tottenham drawing against Liverpool at Anfield. Uh, it's now seven points for Leicester at the top of the table, uh, and Tottenham. I have to be honest. At the end of the game, uh, Mauricio Pochettino really looked upset with the result, um, and you have to say that Jurgen Klopp is probably thrilled with the result. Uh, overall, Justin, real quick, I mean, is this what one, one result, a fair, uh, you know, a fair telling of how the match went? I think it is in the end, it was, uh, as, as even, and a seesaw of a battle as we've seen all season, if that makes any sense at all, it probably doesn't, but I mean, it, for a neutral, I, I actually enjoyed this match. I think it ranks up there with some one of the best I've seen. I really did too. Um, I'll have to I'll have to agree with you there. It was it was great, and it was right before the El Clasico too. So we were in for a great day of football that day. Exactly. Um, yeah. For I think Pochettino has a right to be upset. I think he he knows that uh, after dropping those precious points to Arsenal in the manner that they did, that there's there's really no room for error anymore. Um, 
historically, this is actually a really good result for Spurs, given the fact that they've been smacked around at Anfield four or five nil a few times in recent seasons. Um, but I thought Spurs were just a tad wasteful in this one. Uh, Hugo Lloris was able to keep them in the game in the first half, but in the second half, uh, I thought Spurs were by far the better team. Uh, they started getting their press together, and I thought, disappointingly for me, because I like him as a player, I thought Hinman Son was uh, a bit of a weak link today, and, and Eric Lamella was really, really missed, because I think he makes the difference in this one if he's fit. Yeah, Hungman's son did have a chance uh, on that volley, and uh, looking at it, I mean, he was a little off balance, and, and maybe a cross would have done better there, but uh, I have to say that there has to be, well, if there were any questions uh, as to who the talisman are for these two teams, uh, if you if you didn't know that by now, you did after this one, Coutinho and Kane each getting the goal, and Kane looking well on his way to getting a golden boot. Um for me, though, I thought Liverpool looked good at stretches of this game, and uh, the one thing I noticed is is this this Gigan press or this the style of play that Klopp wants Liverpool to play seemed to really, at least in the past few games, it seems to be coming together now, and the fitness seems to be setting in, and it really, especially in the beginning uh, third of the match or so, put Spurs under some pressure. Uh, do you think that this style is going to uh, you know, progress even more for Klopp's side as he is able to sign more players that that he prefers. Well, I you'd have to put your money on that. Uh, we'd have to wait and see who's who's going to come in before we make any judgments on that. I think this eleven is about as close as you're getting to Liverpool's current best eleven. Uh, that makes it an average mid-table side, and and they play like it. Uh, there's there's times where they look really impressive and there's times where they still look extremely shaky and they showed all sides of it on uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, I would imagine that the Klopp will will make improvements to this team. It's just a question of how many. And uh, I would like to point out just because as a city fan and, and how I openly expressed my dislike for Martin DiMichele's. I think I would take him over Mamadou Sako any day. And uh, having watched this <laughs> he was one, atrocious. I could not count how many times a mistake that he made led to a chance on goal. Uh, I mean, I feel bad for Mignolet, and we've given him all kinds of flack, but Dejan Lovren was doing his absolute best to clean up any and every mistake that Mamadou Sako made. And there's a pretty fantastic article and, and very well-timed uh, that came out on, on one of our partner websites, Verge 90, about time to sack Sacco because he has been awful. Uh, and I've noticed it all season, but I t- I'm telling you, lately it's gotten worse. Uh, he's he's going to need replaced uh, for this Liverpool side because we all know Colatore can't do it anymore. Uh, we're <laughs> all going to miss him for sure. But uh, No I more think crazy we- stories. From Colo, either. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, just as a Liverpool player, uh, having him leave uh, in the near future will be sad because I just feel like he brings a, a really uh, awesome vibe to the team. But uh, yeah, I mean, as we said, uh, Pochettino is going to be upset with this one and uh, the, the gap increases between them and Leicester and for such a good season for Spurs uh, to maybe end up resulting in nothing but a Champions League spot will be upsetting. Um, so let's move forward to the last uh, big game, I guess you could say, of the week that we wanted to talk about uh, in depth. 
and that being the relegation six-pointer. They seem to be rolling in as the season comes to a close. And uh, I have to say that I must have given Norwich some good fortunes as they've <laughs> really turned things around lately, pulling out a draw against City and two wins on the bounce since then, uh, including this one against Newcastle. And uh, though they have a point, or excuse me, they have a game in hand on Sunderland and Newcastle, they are uh, four points clear of Sunderland and six clear of Newcastle. And uh, Newcastle are looking very, very much in trouble. Uh, five losses out of their last six. And uh, I, I mean, what does this mean for Newcastle? I mean, for such a huge club and who have at times looked decent this season, but are really, really looking to be heading down. What is it? What does this mean for Newcastle, Justin? Oh, I mean, they it it means what we've what we've been saying all along. They they spent a lot of money, which I'm sure made their fans happy because they haven't done that in quite some time. Uh, and they and they spent it in in areas they didn't need it. Uh, Stephen Taylor is is still a regular starter for this team, and and it's no wonder that you're giving up three goals to even Norwich, uh, Vernon Anita. It's it's just not a left. I mean, they don't even have a, a left back. Well, it was in the it squad. was Jack Colback last week and Vernon Anita this week. They have no idea. They might as well just throw Tim Krul out there and let him play left back. I mean, and Poppy Cisse is is still like getting starts. I, I I know Mitrovic has been inconsistent, but the guy has to start. He's him and Perez are about the only two decent strikers that that are on this roster and and they don't get starts so rafa doesn't seem like he has a clue either uh if i were in that mess i'm not sure i would know what to do uh, it's it's looking pretty close to confirmed that that newcastle are going down i'm i'm sure that they'll put in a fight they they did fight in this match but it's just not good enough and it hasn't been for a long long time um, so that is it for the uh, big matches that we wanted to discuss in detail. I think Justin and I are going to do a little bit of rapid fire for the remaining fixtures, uh, kind of take turns going over a couple of these other games, ones that we each uh, watched and, and uh, have a little bit of a summary for you in case you missed them. So uh, we will start here with Arsenal and Watford. Uh, Arsenal, one of the uh, few 4-0 victories this weekend. That seemed to be the common theme, and they did it convincingly, scoring early with Alexis Sanchez. Uh, Alex Awobi, who looks very promising, especially uh, considering his replace. Well, the, the, the player that he replaced was Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who we're not so fond of on the Fresh Football cast. Uh, he, he really does look promising at such a young age. Bellerine getting a goal. Humphreys is probably super excited about that. And then... Uh, the ghost Theo Walcott got a goal too in stoppage time. So, um, but I, I just, the one thing I would like to say, I mean, there's not a whole lot about this one. Arsenal dominated. Um, I, a fascinating statistic that I just came across today. When you look at Watford, I mean, how many times have we said this year that their only source of goals is through Troy Dini and, and Odion Agallo? Uh, here's some stats for you. Uh, Agallo has banged in 14 goals this season. Troy Deeney has banged in nine. Aside from that, there have been five goals from other players mm. on, on Watford's side, and none of which are multi-goal players. They all have one, uh, which is astounding. Uh, and then beyond that, you look at assists. Odion Agallo has three. Deeney has six, uh, most of which were probably two Igalo. And then you have four assists from other players, again, all of which are just single assists. 
uh, you're looking at so many solo goals from the likes of Igalo and Dini. I mean, they can't do it by themselves. That that is this that is it. I mean, their success this season comes down to those two players. Uh, and so, I mean, yes, while they've looked good at times this season, they definitely have some reinforcements uh, to bring in and uh, a little bit of firepower to take the load off of uh, Igalo and Dini because as the season's worn on, teams have become aware and uh, and have marked them accordingly. So uh, Watford uh, struggling at the moment, but as you said, Justin, they're secured in the middle of the table and will be here next year. We'll see a big chunk of change to splash out on players. So uh, a lot of business to do, but looking forward to what they can do with it. Uh, next up, I've got one for you, Justin. I just want you to give us a quick recap of Stoke Swansea. Uh, Stoke uh, obviously um, going up 2-0 and then uh, letting, letting Swansea right back in it. I mean, uh, what was the deal with this one? Well, I mean, it looked like Swansea were going to kind of pack it in and, and head for the beach a little early, even though they're only at 37 points. But uh, Stoke got off to a great start, uh, up 2-0, uh, looking pretty comfortable after Bojan's goal in the in the 55th minute. But uh, Stoke kind of pulling something that we've seen a little too much this season, if you know we're being completely honest. Uh Swansea fought hard to get back into it. Uh, a good change, bringing on Pulaski for Gomis. And, you know, th this was just a, a pretty typical mid-table game. Uh, Stoke looked like they missed Jack Butland. Uh, I don't know a lot about Jakob Haugard, uh, but he did not look like he was very comfortable. Uh, a little unlucky, beaten by two deflections. But uh, it's a good point for Swansea uh, and another bad point for Stoke. Uh, especially since they're chasing a Europa League place. Uh, but really, this one was just uh, classic mid-table. I'll just say that again. <laughs> Fair enough. And I think uh, along with the likes of Jack Butlin, they have to be missing Shakiri. Uh, you have to wonder where they might end up at the end of the season if they had Shakiri for a few of these games. I'm not sure if he's set to come back before the end of the season or not, but he's certainly been one of the signings of the season and definitely a key man for, for this Stoke side. Uh, next up, we have Bournemouth and Manchester City, and uh, I've been looking forward to bringing you guys the recap on this one all week. Man City finally looking a bit better and, and a bit like they've got things figured out, getting a crucial three points to uh, put the pressure on United and, and West Ham uh, to, to help secure that fourth spot and Champions League hopes of next season. And uh, the return of Kevin De Bruyne really seemed to have an immediate effect on this team uh, City banged in three goals in the first 20 minutes. I mean, that's that's about as as dominant as you can be. Fernando getting a rare goal, and and I have to say that uh, Justin, I don't know how you feel, but I know it was a giveaway by Charlie Daniels. But the the goal that Kevin De Bruyne scored with Aguero flipping mm -hmm. it over the top and Silva one touch to to uh, De Bruyne running in, and what a finish! I mean, that uh, technically. Uh, when you're looking at, at, at just sheer talent was one of the goals of the season for me um, just from, you know, uh, pure, I mean, as pure as it gets um, Aguero getting a goal, another headed goal at that. Um, and Kolarov with an absolute rocket in stoppage time. Uh, this is a big win for city. We've been high on Bournemouth all year and I still really do like this side and, and the side that Eddie Howe's put together. Uh, but uh, the common theme with with a lot of these mid-table teams is they do seem to have checked out just a tad bit, um, and, and they're definitely looking forward to next season. But uh, going forward, this is a huge win for City, and 
especially getting a bit of momentum heading into Paris uh, for the Champions League this week and hoping that they can pull out a bit of an upset because I think a lot of teams have written off City in the quarterfinals here with with a, a very strong PSG side and uh, you know looking forward to seeing those. But um, that's about it for that one. Another 4-0 win and uh, just fits right along with the theme. Uh, Justin, I got this one for you. I'm sure you're uh, uh, excited to bring this one to us as well. Uh, Aston Villa versus Chelsea. And if you didn't put your banker for predict on this one, uh, well, either this one or the Sunderland-West Brom game, if I'm being honest. I picked that one right. The nil-nil was spot on. But uh, but Villa winning, or excuse me, Chelsea winning. Wow, how did I mess that up? Chelsea winning 4-0, uh, following along with the theme. Uh, what happened in this one, Justin? <laughs> this this match was perfectly summed up uh, by Alex Pato's uh, substitute appearance, and within seconds of him being on the pitch, Chelsea fans serenaded him with, we forgot that you were here. <laughs> and, yep, that's about it. Uh, Villa are summed up by the signs their fans put up. Proud history, what future? Uh, they were as atrocious as they've been all season. And that is saying something because uh, they've put up quite a few astoundingly bad performances. Uh, great to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek get 90 minutes and score. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was so easy in this game that even John Obi Mikel had an amazing touch to get the first goal started. So yeah, I'm sorry. I think you mean John Obi Messi. I'm my apologies. <laughs> uh, just, I need to say thank you to Villa. Uh, whenever you need a result, whenever you need a nice performance, uh, Villa's there for you. Oh, they certainly are. They're the league's favorite team, and uh, Eric Black, uh, the interim manager. I for feel Villa, terrible for him. It's it is the it has to be the most unwanted position in Europe at the moment, if not the world of football. Uh, this Villa team has been absolutely atrocious and have lost nine of the last ten. It is absolutely awful and uh frankly i think even though we've been saying it along all season it is official they're gone and yeah the his or the the future is definitely in question for this side um but i think that's about all that needs to be said there uh let's move to uh west ham versus crystal palace uh justin i'll let you recap this one but i do have to say that if there is another team that is playing as poor as villa have lately it has to be palace uh this is only their third point since january 1st uh but justin go ahead and give us a quick recap and what went wrong for west ham well <laughs> what went wrong for west ham is, is something that i've been afraid of uh it looked like a little bit of, of uncertainty and and fear and maybe uh, overwhelming of, of the place they're in uh, kind of contributed to some really, really sloppy play, uh, if we're being honest. Palace actually took <laughs> took the lead, and we haven't been able to say that much uh, recently off a very strange uh, set-piece goal. Uh, I thought a goalkeeping error by Adrian. We don't have Humphreys here to uh, confirm that he thought that was goalkeeping error, but I certainly did. Uh West Ham responded well. Uh, two wonderful goals. Uh, Lanzini's finish was excellent, but overshadowed by just another sublime piece of, of free kick mastery from Dimitri Payet. Um, I mean, I've run out of superlatives and, and words for for him. He is a magnificent player. 
and I can't believe that West Ham were able to get him for the fee that they did. And so many clubs missed out on, uh, on what is an incredible talent. But I think West Ham were a bit unlucky to go down to 10 men. Uh, Czech Piate's red card was eventually rescinded today, but, uh, Definitely a yellow card challenge, but a bit harsh to send him off. It did look like his foot was raised, but his studs were actually down. So a tough one there, but uh, even still, West Ham's uh, play in the second half was extremely poor. Lots of giveaways. Uh, and they basically diff gifted Dwight Gale uh, the equalizer. So uh, a really good point for Palace, uh, considering the circumstances that they've been in. Uh, and... I think a really awful point for West Ham and, and that might come back to haunt him. Yeah. Well, I can say that, uh, I did speak with Humphreys and he concurs that, uh, Adrian did make a mistake on, on that first goal. Uh, but I just have to say that I can't agree more about Payet. Uh, absolutely 100% the signing of the season. And, uh, you could argue the player of the season, though he probably will, uh, lose out to either Kane or Mares. I think he's been an absolute game changer. And, and as we've said all season, and especially Eric Humphreys, who's reiterated this a lot, there's, you know, you can only wonder where West Ham would be if they had him healthy the entire season. Um, and just a quick point that I was, uh, I was just realizing, uh, you know, obviously Payet coming from the French league and you look at some of the talent coming out of the French league, I believe in Golo Conte being one of them. Uh, you have to, it makes you wonder if if people I mean there are a lot of people that are harsh on on the um, French league and and rightfully so when you look at the fact that the second place team in the French league is closer to relegation than they are to PSG at the top of the table and that is astounding but you have to wonder how how much that affects uh, people's uh, you know appraisal of of different players coming out of the league and Payet obviously slipping through the cracks I mean any team would be ecstatic to have him on the side. Um, but, uh, you know, as you said, Justin, this is a, this is a, this is a lost, uh, two points for West Ham and it's going to make things tricky on them, especially with the result of our next game, uh, United Manchester United, uh, deserving their name this week and, and getting a one nil victory against Everton, uh, an Everton side that basically decides when they want to show up or not. And clearly they did not show up this week. Uh, Justin, I'm going to let you handle this one as well as I did not get to see this one. Uh, but what, uh, what was the verdict on this one? Uh, not much really happened in this game. Uh, pretty classic United victory for this season. Uh, like you said, Everton, uh, I just I can't figure them out. Um, the, the two best chances of the second half, especially the first half, was pretty dire uh, in terms of quality. Uh, Everton's two best chances fell to their captain, Phil Jagielka. Uh, really unlucky to see his header come flying back off the bar, and, and De Gea had a good save on the other one, but other than that, Everton were very poor. Uh, United weren't a whole lot better, uh, but they took their chance, and, and Everton didn't. So it pretty much sums these two teams up perfectly. Yeah, that uh, the goal coming from across uh, from the youngster, uh, I don't even know how to say his name. Uh, Hosu Mensa. Ho Hosu, Hosu Mensa. Um, you have to say that's the kind of cross you want. You see uh, Seamus Coleman scrambling back, and he had no idea what to do with it. He didn't know if he should stick his foot out or not, and uh, going back towards his own goal, that's the kind of crosses you want. And should say I thought that was poorly defended. but I mean, it was, uh, given, the circumstance, given the circumstances, but, I mean, you have to feel for him. It is tough to, to defend like that uh, you know, with such a fast-paced game, but basically leaving uh, Martial wide open for the tap-in, and you just can't do that in this league. So 
but uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, it's a fantastic three points for United, and they're putting the pressure on City as as the season comes to a close, and they're battling it out for the the fourth place spot along with West Ham, who are not quite out of it yet. But uh, we'll have to see how that. It's another interesting uh, side story to keep your eyes on, aside from the title race and the relegation battle. Uh, and that leaves us with our final game of the week, and I'm gonna leave you with uh, this. Uh, this game happened, and uh, <laughs> that's about it. I predicted predicted this one correctly on Predict a nil nil. Uh, it actually was a little bit more um, one sided than the scoreline suggests. Sunderland were piling it on to West Brom. Uh, watching the match of the day highlights, uh, Justin and I noticed that West Brom did not have one attacking highlight. And I've seen some of the worst teams, including Villa, come up with at least one chance. Uh, but West Brom with only three shots, and none of which are on target. And Sunderland pounded uh, Ben Foster in oblivion, but he just would not fall. Uh, he was able to make uh, plenty of uh, amazing saves and keep uh, the point for West Brom. And uh, Tony the Machine Gun Pulis is, is as optimistic as ever about this team, saying that uh, we played uh what was it justin he said that uh, we played no he 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 said that uh he was a little concerned that the players played like they thought we were safe uh, even though you totally are safe tony and uh said but no matter what we're west bromwich albion and we give a performance yeah whatever yes. that means you give a performance of packing it in and offering nothing to the advancement of football so congratulations <laughs> tony thanks a oh, lot oh goodness yeah well that is about all we have for that game and that's all we have for the reviews of uh game week 32 in the premier league um we're gonna quickly run through our weekly wagermeister section uh do our parlay predictions uh since we don't have jack with us this week we are unable to legally uh place the bets and calculate the total odds but we will surely be posting that in a blog post afterwards uh, and we will uh, certainly get our picks placed, just uh, not at this exact moment. Uh, but let's go ahead and run through these games real quick, Justin. First up, the early one on Saturday uh, is a big game for West Ham and uh, maybe not so important anymore for Arsenal, who are probably uh, ruled out of the title contention. Though, if they really have a slip of form, they could find themselves uh, possibly out of the top four. But uh, West Ham versus Arsenal. Um, this is a tough one. Justin, I'm going to let you start it. Sorry, buddy. I have to throw this mm. one on you. Oh, I think this is uh, this is it for West Ham, if, if we're honest. This is probably a season decider. Um, at home, where they've been fairly good, uh, you would have thought they would have taken care of, of Crystal Palace, but maybe just a, a slight slip-up. Uh, I... Unfortunately for the Hammers, I think this is a, another draw. I don't think Arsenal have enough to to go to Upton Park and beat West Ham, but I do think they have enough quality to give them just enough trouble to you know, maybe another 2-2 draw or even 3-3 if we're lucky. So 5-2, right. well, I'll yeah. take the draw. All right, uh, draw. We will mark it down. Uh, next up, we have uh, our least favorite team, Aston Villa versus Bournemouth. <laughs> Uh, I will pick this one, and uh, although Bournemouth haven't looked fantastic lately, they've come up against some rather tough opposition, and uh, Aston Villa does not qualify for tough opposition, not even close. 
Uh, so at six to five, uh, favored, even though Villa are at home, we will take Bournemouth winning. Uh, I think that we can uh, pretty safely say that. Uh, you just don't pick Villa. <laughs> Next up, we have Crystal Palace versus Norwich. Um, Justin, I'll let you pick this one. Palace being one of the worst teams lately, and Norwich kind of on the up and up. Who do you have? Uh, well, we've we've figured out on on these picks that form is pretty much irrelevant. <laughs> um, and despite Norwich's recent rise, I think. Palace will be slightly buoyed by that draw. And even with how poorly they've been at what we thought was a fortress in Selhurst Park, uh, I actually like Palace to to take all three points, unfortunately, for Norwich. I have to say I, I like that pick. I agree. I think uh, Palace have been slowly, very slowly, but they've been picking themselves up just a tad bit, and, and a draw against West Ham is, is definitely uh, – evidence of that so we will mark palace down for a win at 21 to 20 just about one-to-one odds uh favorite at home so uh hurting our our odds just a tad bit but uh i'm confident in that one uh next up we have southampton versus newcastle um uh, no to no surprise southampton at home heavily heavily favored at one to two odds uh and i think that uh the bookies have this one spot on I don't see Southampton losing, especially with so much still to play for uh, and with how abysmal Newcastle have been lately. So I think we can safely mark Southampton down for a win here. Um, oh, I guess I got to pick the next one here, don't I? Swansea versus Chelsea. Can't let the fans pick, uh, even though, it, honestly, it probably doesn't make any difference at all the way that the season goes. Uh, you have to say this is this is a rematch of the first game of the season, I believe. Um, when Swansea kind of shocked us and made us believe that they could finish top of the table, and and here they are battling uh, lightly but battling relegation. And, and Chelsea have kind of turned things around a tad bit this season. But um, I, I think that uh, the bookies have this one one to one for Chelsea. Um, I think Chelsea are in good spirits right now. Things are looking up. Uh, and I think I have to back uh, the away team here, uh, so I will mark Chelsea for a win. Uh, just to get your thoughts, not not that it I take it into account at all, but but how do you feel about that pick? I I think it's a, a wise choice. I think Chelsea are finally starting to realize that uh, now that there is a new manager confirmed uh, in Antonio Conte, uh, that broke today. Um, they have to play for the shirt now. Uh, and if you want to keep those nice high wages that Chelsea gives everybody, you've got to start putting in performances. Certainly. Well, uh, I'm glad to hear that you agree with me. So we will mark that. Uh, next up, we have Watford versus Everton. Both teams, as we said, not a whole lot to play for anymore. So looking forward to maybe a bit of open play and, and uh, you know, some attacking uh, flair, I guess you could say. Um, so, uh, Justin, I'll let you pick this one. Who do you have for Watford and Everton? This... Uh, lower mid-table clash screams draw. That is all the analysis I have for you. Really? Really. Uh, uh, so at, at basically just over 2-1 to one odds, a draw, is that a scoreless draw or a scoring draw? Uh, let's go 1-1. One, one. Okay. I, I guess I, I did uh, I did completely forget the astounding statistics I pulled out about Watford earlier, uh, though we hope to see some open-flowing football Watford uh, do not uh, offer that outside of just two players. So and Everton a, are supposed to offer that, but seemingly don't. 
Yes. So who uh, knows? Especially as of late, they have at points this season, but lately it's it's uh, not happening for Roberto Martinez aside. So, all right. Well, I, I, for our uh, first draw, I believe uh, of the week, um, we will mark that down. Uh, next up, the last game on on Saturday, we have Man City versus West Brom. Obviously, I am not allowed to pick this one. Uh, so, Justin, I will uh, pawn this one off to you. Who do you have for this one? <laughs> there is absolutely no question that I will be picking against Tony the Machine Gun Pulis at the Etihad. City will, no, <laughs> no matter what happens in Paris, City will either be uh, very excited about whatever result happens or very angry, uh, and neither option is good for West Brom. So, <laughs> well, City at 2-7 to, to seven is an uh, easy I'm, choice. I'm glad to hear it uh, as City are fighting for that fourth place spot. A, uh, a victory here along with a potential uh, tough result for West Ham could be good for City. Um, next up, we have uh, the Sunday games. We'll start off here. League leaders Leicester visiting uh, Sunderland. Now this and, is a difficult uh, trip. It, it, well, yeah, it definitely could be. Um, and uh, I will take this one. Um how many games in a row has it been one nil? And I feel like, yeah, I just, as I said about Villa, you don't, you don't pick Villa. Well, you don't pick against Leicester at the moment. They are, uh, riding a bit of a high, I think, um, and have avoided the, you know, those negative thoughts that, that we expected, or maybe, uh, tried to warn Leicester of about getting too far ahead of themselves and, and believing, or I guess, uh, realizing what is happening and they just haven't seemed to do it. So though it could be a tough trip and, uh, you know, Sunderland are fighting for their lives. Lester are fighting for more. And I think that Lester can pull this one out, uh, favored, uh, just over one to one odds. Uh, so we will mark Lester down for the victory here. Next up on Sunday, we have Liverpool versus Stoke at Anfield. Um, Jurgen Klopp coming up against the Stoke side who are, are dealing with some injuries. And I think Liverpool looked fairly convincing in their result against Spurs. Um, but, uh, Justin, I will let you pick this one. Yeah, I think, uh, while Mark Hughes might be a tad disappointed that Stoke aren't a bit higher up in the table, I think for the most part, they have to be pretty overjoyed that they're in the top half of the table. Um, I think, some of the uh, sunshine is is creeping into the thoughts of Stoke players, and there's no way Jurgen Klopp will let his side uh, take their foot off the gas for any match this season. So I think Liverpool is pretty comfortable to win at home. It'll be interesting to see how uh, how energized they are after. Uh, obviously, they have a Europa League. Yeah, fixture I forgot this about week, that. And and they are playing against none other than Borussia Dortmund. I, I'm not sure. Are they traveling to uh, yes, to Germany they are. or? So they are. So that'll be uh, a bit of travel and a bit of uh, high stakes football on Thursday. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they 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 turn out against Stoke. Does that change your pick at all, no. or are you still back in Liverpool? No. <laughs> okay. All righty. Just making sure. Um, so we will mark Liverpool for a win. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm super excited to see this this uh, Europa League game. It's going to be really awesome to see how the crowd reacts to Klopp and how he reacts. And and I just uh, for those that really, I mean, uh, for me, half of the love of the game I think is 
is the passion and stuff like that about all the players and managers. And, and I love all the interactions. I don't know. I, you, I but... agree. Uh, but I think Liverpool might need to prepare themselves for uh, a bit of a smacking around because oh, they yes. are, they are, right. they are worse than Spurs and Spurs were just flattened. You stole the words from my mouth. Uh, we saw exactly what they are capable of doing to uh, who we've kind of, uh, you know, named the best team in the Premier League this year in Spurs, um, despite being in second. But uh, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be a tough one for Liverpool. So, but anyways, we will mark the the Liverpool game versus Stoke down as a win for Liverpool uh, at uh, eleven to twenty odds. Uh, last up uh, for the week, we have Tottenham versus Man U. Uh, as a City fan, I'll tell you what; these fixtures are really promising with West Ham and Arsenal and, and Man United versus Tottenham. Uh, and, and Tottenham fighting for their lives and trying to put the pressure on Leicester. Um, but uh, I think maybe just for the last one of the week, maybe we can uh, come to an agreement on this one. Um, this one, uh, you know, we haven't been convinced with United, have we, Justin? No, we haven't. But one thing United does do well is, is defend. Um, you can no doubt bet that Chris Smalling will probably be asked to shadow Harry Kane. Um, and that might make things a tad interesting, but I think... Eric Lamella will be due back, and like I said earlier, that makes a big difference for for Spurs. Um, and I think playing at White Hart Lane, United just don't offer enough going forward for me. Uh, Alderweireld and Vimmer have looked very competent together. Uh, I think Martial will get neutralized by the pace of Kyle Walker, and I like Spurs to eke out a win. I don't think they're going to dominate, but I do like them to win probably two to one. Wow. Uh, I think we must be telepathic. That was, uh, that was beautiful. You stole the words literally right out of my mouth. I couldn't have said it better. I was going to say that, uh, as you said, that, that Tottenham are going to have uh, just, just a tad bit too much to handle for, for United's defense and to maybe pull out a one nil win. Um, it was, it was spot on. So with Tottenham as 10 to 11 odds to win, uh, yet another favored pick, but uh, I think a good one. Um, so that wraps up the Wagermeister picks. And as I said, we are unable to calculate those odds, but we will post those in a blog piece shortly after posting this. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Uh, so that wraps up the show for this week. Again, we just did one this week, and I think we're going to be trying to do that here towards the end of the season just to uh, you know, free our time a bit up for, for some blog posts. So uh, stay tuned on, on FreshFootballCast.com as well as Verge90.com. We are contributing a bit to them. But uh, be sure to tune in again next week uh, as we bring you the action from, from next weekend. And uh, as always, our, our Wagermeister Parlay Prediction picks. Thank you so much for joining us, and this is the Fresh Football Cast signing off. Hey, everybody. We'd love to stay in contact with you guys online. Be sure to follow our Twitter and Instagram at real underscore fresh FC. That's R-E-A-L underscore F-R-E-S-H-F-C. And you can check out our Facebook page titled Fresh Football Cast. Head over there and give us a like. And you can check out our blog at www.freshfootballcast.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers.